from across the globe, from the centre of aerospace, and now to you. Thank you for downloading the Aero Society podcast from the Royal Aeronautical Society. It's an honour for me to be here, and uh, thanks for uh, this lecture. I would like to spend uh, just a few minutes, uh, a short, uh, short time, uh, to explain and to say a few words regarding the sponsor of this uh, lecture, that is uh, Leonardo Helicopter. Leonardo, uh, Helicopter. Let's see if it's working. Yes. Probably most of you already know uh, what I'm going to say. Uh, Leonardo Company is the previous name as a Femicanica Group. That is a big company that you already know, grouping several uh, um, big companies like also Agusa Westman that you know very well. The beginning, at the beginning of this year, uh, Fimechanica Group became a one company, a single one, one company with several divisions, as you will see. And uh, at the beginning of um, at the end of April, the name was changed in Leonardo Company. Leonardo Company is just, as you can see, inspired by Leonardo da Vinci, that is a symbol of uh, creativity and innovation for every, all the world. Uh, Leonardo uh, Company is divided in seven um, um, division, as you can see, from helicopter to aircraft to space and whatever, subsidiary joint venture, and a uh, few key, key figures if you want, otherwise uh, just uh, the most important is the fact that uh, the global presence of Leonardo company is all around the world very impressive, more than 47,000 47, people are spread around the world, and uh, more or less 7,000 people here in the UK. Uh, Leonardo Helicopter, the division helicopter, the company where I'm working in uh, Venice, is uh, doing a lot of uh, helicopter, different kind of helicopter spacing, changing from uh, uh, light category and um, with different weight categories. Um, do I use helicopter, civil helicopter? And what I'm going to say, just uh, the link between these, uh, uh, these helicopters and the uh, and the record that we're going to take to talk, because uh, uh, very during the last few months, uh, this helicopter that is uh, known as a Koala, the Augusta Westland 119, succeeded in uh, taking, is going to take the certification to fly higher up to 24,000 feet. That is a, a huge number for an helicopter, as you can see. And uh, it, the certification is still ongoing, so it's not uh, really a certification, but it's a, a work in progress. Uh, that's very important, and this is uh, also useful to introduce uh, the reason of the, the record, which is the real, I'm, I'm just uh, summarizing in a few words, which is the real difficulty for helicopter, helicopter and gyroplane to fly altitude. As you know, uh, high altitude means uh, um, different uh, atmospheric pressure. But first of all, the density of the air is decreasing with the altitude. That means that, uh, as you can imagine, there are several aspects on the helicopter and gyroplane that are not working as a, at the low level. For example, the engine is not going to produce any, the, the, the power that is, was, uh, as you will see also for the gyroplane, the, um, the power that is uh, on the sea level, as well, the um, propellers are less effective. If you can imagine uh, a corkscrew, and instead of a cork, there's something else, the, the propeller just uh, moving faster, and there is also a problem with the uh, stability and the break of the, 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 the blades. The, the lift generated by the rotor is absolutely reduced, and the overall performance of the the overall performance of the aircraft, is the helicopter airplane, is a decrease. This is the reason why to have a, a, an helicopter that is a rotary wing that is going to fly so high is very important and is a great result for Leonardo company. But at the same time, we will see how, what we did to, to, get this, to achieve a similar result for the uh, gyroplane. Um, before starting, I want just to say that, uh, as you can imagine, to, to achieve a similar result is not only a matter of uh, uh, training and preparation that, of course, are most important. There are several, I'm used to say, several mixed special ingredients. One is the passion. Of course, there is a, a lot of passion for the flight, but also for the challenges, because this was a big challenge for me and for the uh, gyroplane. 
uh, a lot of determination and uh, persistence because there were a lot of problems to be passed. And uh, additionally, uh, courage. Not only the courage to climb so high, but the courage to, to take away that was totally unknown at the beginning. When I started, as you will uh, try to show you, it was completely um, many, many things, many, many problems were completely unknown to me. So I tried every uh, month after month, I tried to, to, to pass and to, solve, to find the solution. At the end of this, there is also an incredible teamwork. I had the opportunity to put together and to work with me a lot of persons that were expert, and so they provide to me a lot of expertise in several aspects that were completely unknown to me. So this was a mixture of special ingredients that provided the final result. So this is a kind of storyboard. You will see months after months, I want to show you how was how we did this result. The first uh, question that I'm used to, to, to receive is uh, when, when the, idea, the idea started, or what I was when I decided to do. To be honest, I didn't decide yet. There was a moment, this moment here, in which I really realized that uh, it was uh, easy, let's, let's say in this way, easy for me to fly higher than the other. Uh, the first of the year of last year, uh, there is a traditional flight with the flight, flight member of uh, our club. And um, for that flight, it was a very cold day. I was flying alone with the um, gyroplane. And there was a traditional tour uh, going up to the mountain and go down for a, for a, for a lunch together. But it was a strong wind at the beginning of the mountain, so it was a really, I was flying very low, so all the others were passing me, and I decided to climb. It was something really normal for me at that beginning, at that moment. So I started climbing. All the others were just flying 7,000, 8,000 feet. I was climbing up to 15,000 without really any, any trouble, any problem. So we finished the flight. And there was a joke, of course, they were just uh, uh, kidding me because it was difficult to see me and I was, it was very cold also. But at that moment, I just realized that it was easy for me to fly so high. It was no worry at all. So that, from that moment, I started thinking what to do. What is the, it, it, can you imagine all the, all the questions that you can have, which is the number, if there is a record, what are you to do? So I started months of preparation, at least six months of preparation. The first things was the uh, International Aeronautical Federation is the authority that was uh, at the end of certifying the, the record in case uh, uh, I was going to, to do. So there is a list of uh, several documents that must be, must be read and several document to be filled for the records of a lot of rules uh, and something that it was really disturbing me because it was not easy to manage it. But after two, three months, uh, I found a way how to solve the problem. But at the same time, there was the Italian regulation to manage. Also in that case, there were some, some books, uh, some documents uh, to be filled, to be read. And in addition, there was clearly uh, the indication that was mandatory to have a judge an international judge for the day of the record, of course, just to be sure that everything was filled correctly. So the day were just, uh, in the same time, I was trying to understand how to prepare, prepare myself. That was something that was nice to, to realize, because uh, if you, you will see in the movie, uh, I was sitting on the cockpit, open cockpit, sitting there without doing anything. So I was thinking, how can be ready? Okay, the only thing I realized that it was very important to be in good shape, absolutely the best shape for my, for my body because it was, uh, it was requested to have a, a lot of uh, difficulty. So I started, uh, I met uh, also a doctor, I started a diet, I started a gym, a lot of training with the motorcycle, with the bicycle. So at the end, it was a secondary question, but it was very important. I lost a lot of kilos, more than 18 kilos, just during these six months. But it was very important to be, you will see, and the reason why it was very important to be absolutely in good shape. Another requirement that it was mandatory for the International Federation was the logger. That is a small box <coughs> that is, a <coughs> sorry, a small box recording all the parameters of the flight. That means uh, speed, uh, position, uh, velocity, um, altitude. 
with the precision related to the GPS constellation signal. So at, that, at the end, this kind of log, that it, it is a German logger, um, measured the position with one meter of uh, uh, precision. This was not easy also to find this one because you can imagine you have to choose in a list of 20 uh, logger to choose which one is the best or which one we can use. Someone requesting to you to buy other. This was the only one that was sending to me free of charge just because it was a record. So it was a good, uh, good compromise for me. And so, yeah, yeah, because at that moment you can imagine. I had no sponsor at all, so he was trying to find something, but this was really important to, to have on board. Another aspect that was absolutely difficult to manage at the beginning was the oxygen. It was clear that after 15,000 feet, it was mandatory to have oxygen. It was not used at all to use the oxygen fly. So um, I just had the opportunity to have some colleagues in Augusta, and they speak to me regarding this uh, system, this, a kit that is certified kit for general aviation. So I start using this kit that was a um, cannula and a mask with a flow meter and a, a tank. The dimension of the oxygen, of the tank, so how much oxygen you can use going up and forth and back. That was another question, a good question, and because it depends on how, how fast are you breathing? So it depends uh, if you can just stay quiet or you have just uh, some um, problem. So you just uh, learn how to breathe in order not to consume to use uh, all the oxygen. Also for this, I was uh, lucky to have a friend that uh, she's a mountaineer and going to Nepal. So she was providing me a lot of information that absolutely was, it was difficult otherwise to look on the internet and to look around. At the end, we found the system, and it was absolutely uh, perfect. Uh, there was a, just a problem related to the fact that the kit was uh, uh, selled with the indication that the cannula was not possible to be used up to um, for flight above uh, 20,000 feet. So that was something really difficult for me to understand why. So I, I wrote to the industry, I say, why there is this uh, level? And, um, they was very nice, they replied very shortly, say that uh, the first reason was the, the American regulation that was requesting to do in this way and to use the mask above 20,000 feet. But the second question was that probably the, the, the county, the calculation were that the cannula was not providing enough oxygen inside my body for that altitude. So after 20,000 feet, I decided to switch to the mascara. But as uh, you can see, we'll see in the, um, in the presentation, they will have a lot of additional problems because the microphone was outside and there was some, the hole for the, the hair coming out from the, the mask was just creating some fog on the glasses. So there were some additional things that were needed to be managed. The second aspect that I was really thinking is the oxygen, the backup oxygen tank because uh, I was really afraid not to, to lose the engine because uh, you will see in a few, min few minutes, uh, the gyroplane without the engine is flying better, probably. But my, real, my real, um, uh, worry was uh, to, to have some problem with the oxygen because at that altitude you cannot do anything, so I have just to have uh, something else to breathe. So I decided, in spite of uh, the increase of weight uh, on board, to have a small backup tank for the oxygen with a separate tube and a mask. That was not easy to find, but finally also with a lot of friends that were suggesting to me, I found this company that is fortunately close to me that provide to me the, the, the oxygen tank for the backup. And this was very important just for my um, safety, I mean, just to feel that I was in any case safe. Low temperature. Uh, one of the questions that I'll always asking, which, which were the temperature? Well, very low. I, I just arrived at minus 48, minus 50 for one flight. That was the worst flight. Usually it was minus 30, 35. So I realized after several flights, you will see, starting from August, every weekend I spent time to go up and, and to, to try to test. 
uh, one of the, the suggestions that I received that was the, the best was to use uh, not only layer of different stuff, of course, uh, but uh, um, some thermically heated, and it was a battery. So I just prepared this uh, few indications because it was something not easy to understand and to manage at the beginning because uh, it's something that you have to experiment. It was uh, experimental activity in this sense. But it was clear to me that uh, the f my, my hands and my legs, my feet were absolutely too cold because it was just uh, without moving. So I, the solution was to use uh, the insole with the electrically heated, the, the socks, the gloves, and also a jacket, you will see on the movie. So at the end, there was some light layer. One of these layers was electrically heated. But also, I use a lot of, I don't know if you know this guy, this stuff, uh, and warmer. You just break and start becoming uh, warm. Because uh, many things, like the logger or the iPad, I was uh, uh, bringing with me iPhone and iPad, and uh, the logger itself uh, were, in any case, uh, experimenting very low temperature. So I put all this uh, and work every time. And at the end, uh, it was not, except for one flight, it was not so cold. Few words regarding the gyroplane. I suppose that probably most of you already knows. Um, the gyroplane is this. This is the one that was used for the record. I want to be sure that you understand that it's not a specific machine. It's a standard machine. It, it was used for the school, fly school. And uh, the modification that we did, I will show you in a few minutes, were very simple, let's say standard, not, not nothing important. And, uh, but it's a standard machine. That's what's more important. Uh, the, the, um, the word that can be useful to learn for the autogyro is the, um, the rotor, that is the, the main blade that is uh, moving. The engine with the, the propeller, that is the one that is providing the thrust. Uh, there is the mast that is connecting. And uh, I put, uh, in the movie you will see, I put a uh, GoPro on that position so it was easy to see everything. And uh, how it's working? It's very simple. This uh, additional picture of the, of the gyro. It's working very simple. There is a, uh, an engine that is uh, with the propeller providing the thrust, exactly as for, as for an aircraft, fixed wing. In this case, the wing is the rotary, but it's moving. Um, the rotor is um, using the hair that is, okay, the hair that is uh, passing through the, the rotor by the passing below, from below. And at the end, the lift is the rotor that is in auto rotation. That means there is no link between the blade the rotor and the engine. Just at the beginning, there is a, the need to bring the rotor in a certain speed because the auto-rotation forces are developing with the rotation. So the, during the flight, the, there's a big difference between the helicopter and the, the airplane. The, um, the rotor is moving, the main rotor is moving in auto-rotation with the, the, the wind that is uh, coming from below. So the lift is just the one that is produced by the rotor in moving. And this is the reason I was saying, in case of failure of the propeller, the autorotation is kept. So you have no any trouble to land, because in any case, we have the, the lift. You can land like for an aircraft in the same way. But you can use a smaller, um, smaller landing part. So it's very simple. There is just a, OK, very simple. Uh, which number that was important to remember? Um, I discovered this uh, in the International uh, Aeronautical Database, the number of the previous record. The previous record was made by uh, this guy, that is Andrew Kick, an American guy. He's uh, more or less, uh, you will see the number, 8,000 meters, so 26,400 feet. But it was a, a special, the little wing is a special uh, gyroplane. Uh, made exactly to, to do the record. So that was a big difference within, between. There is a rule that state, the International Federation, Federation state that uh, the 
the new record must uh, improve the previous by 3%. It's a big number, 3% at that altitude. So the, the number that was uh, fixed in my mind stand, starting from that moment was the 27,200 feet in this, in this uh, calculation. So after that, uh, it was clear to me which was the number to, be, to pass. And um, I started to, to think about it. It was uh, June, we see several months before arriving in this moment. It was a good day. And this was the first flight that was uh, made only to test exactly the position for the nota because, uh, as you can imagine, was, uh, I, I was not able to fly without uh, any special clearance to do this kind of uh, flight. It was supposed, uh, I was supposed to fly every weekend because it was uh, easy to manage. And also because between one flying and the other one, we were working on the gyroplane, as uh, we will see. Several, uh, um, after each flight, there was a debriefing with uh, a lot of person, and uh, they were just checking every parameter. I was um, sign, I was uh, putting on a, on a note uh, all the parameters during the flight. So after the flight, it was very important to do the debriefing. But that flight was the first one that, that was uh, deciding the place for the flight. It was important because uh, my idea was to not to fly so far from my place uh, and to be, used to be um, easily uh, to, to reach, the, the, in any case, the, the airfield. So Caposile is my, the place where I'm, uh, the airfield where I'm uh, staying. And there were two possibilities to, to do on, under the con uh, air traffic control of Treviso or Venice. Venice is a very big uh, uh, airport, too much traffic, and probably that was the reason they didn't uh, authorized to me at the beginning. So the zone, the NOTAM where I start flying was uh, that one in uh, yellow. Very close, uh, 15 minutes, no more to fly. And so we work and we uh, succeed in taking the first NOTAM, that is the notice to airmen, the clearance, talk, talking and agree with the, the agreement of several uh, <coughs> air traffic controllers. And uh, as you will see, the only thing it was... Uh, Request was the middle of July, and the end, the result, the, the, the final notum was issued beginning of September. So it was uh, all the August, I was flying, let's say, without the clearance, but with the uh, for informal clearance of the control tower, um, air traffic control of Treviso. What is important, and then in this case, <coughs> Okay. Yes. No. In this case, the first Nautam was up to flight level 195. 95 means uh, more or less uh, it was not, of course, the, the Nautam level, the, the record level, but it was the first part, 6,000 meters. Because uh, our flight, the flight that usually is the general aviation flight, is a visual uh, flight rules, which means we have to flight up to flight level 195, we are not allowed to fly in the visual, with the visual rules, up to 20, the flight level 195. Only com, uh, liner, jet, uh, and uh, um, aircraft that are flying in instrument rules can fly above the 195 level. So the second part of the nota, as you will see, will be, it was uh, really difficult to get to manage because uh, it was supposed to, uh, I mean, my flight was completely forbidden in that area. But that was another part of the story. At that moment, it was enough to have this part. We'll see, huh? <coughs> okay, let's start with the first descent. You will see every weekend, more or less, there is a summer break, summer weekend. But fortunately, fortunately the weather was always unbelievable great. And I was uh, always able to fly it with the capucil at least uh, in sight. That was absolutely better. 17,000. And uh, I want now to show you, because uh, this is very important. After every flight, we took some, uh, we start doing some modification. Small modification, as I said. I want just to introduce what was the modification that we did, because very simple. And uh, after every flight, uh, we, we tried to optimize, because it was a step-by-step -step optimization. The part that were modified, that is the engine, of course, the propeller, 
something on the blade uh, on the last on to last flight and the weight uh, taking out everything so at the end regarding the engine it will be very very short very easy um, the first thing that we understood uh, there is a turbo controller uh, there is an electronic that is uh, controlling the turbo that is uh, practically um, switching off this uh, turbo after after 15, 16,000 feet, for safety reason, of course. They don't want to, to have the people flying so high. So we decided to, um, to, to, to manually manage the, the electronic controller. That was something that was <coughs> not easy to, to learn how to do at the beginning, but it was absolutely the only solution for bypassing this, uh, this problem with the um, Rotax. The carburetor, as uh, can you imagine, flying higher. The density of the air, of course, so is decreasing. That means that uh, at the end, if you want to have uh, uh, optical combust combust combustion, you have to, to manage the, the nozzle, so the quantity of the air that is incoming, the, the quantity of the fuel that is mixed with the air. That is the reason we change every time, every, after every flight, reducing as much as possible to get the optimal combustion uh, Proportion. It's not working. Yeah. Uh, of course, yes. Both both the situation where uh, also the other, as you will see, um, the idea was to optimize uh, the parameter for the high level, for the high altitude. So this means that on the ground uh, for the departure, and in any case for flying a low level. There were, there were some problems, of course. In this case, the carburetor was, of course, providing not too much power because it was a very uh, a small quantity of uh, fuel. So uh, that was, uh, for me, something to, to learn how to manage because you can imagine, instead of uh, taking off uh, in uh, 200, 100 meters, I was taking off in uh, 500 meters, also considering the next step that is uh, the propeller. Uh, there was on the picture, you will see, uh, an additional, additional air intake, but that was not so strongly improving the, the, the result. What is, was uh, really improving was the propeller. The gyroplane is coming with a fixed pitch propeller, that means that can be changed the pitch only on ground. And uh, of course, this pitch is optimized with the low level flight. So we change. After every flight, we change the pitch. Also, during the last two flights, we change the pitch to get the maximum uh, power on, uh, at, the, at the top, on the high altitude. That was really something that was uh, improved, uh, improved the, the, the flight. Also, in this case, I was saying we had some problem on the ground because it was not easy to, to, to take off with a, a propeller that was optimized for very high uh, level flight. Last but not least, the rotor braid. Uh, the main, I mean, we, we changed the la during the last two flights, we changed the, let's say, dimension of the hub, the um, um, rotor hub, and uh, we add uh, at this, this way, 10 centimeters more of the blade. It means the, the central part is not providing any lift. What is really creating the lift is, the, is this part of the, the blade. So in this way, we just provide a 10 centimeter more of lift, or surface for the lift. So that was also something very nice, very important. But also in this case, it was difficult to manage on ground because it was a long, long takeoff. So to manage in this way. No, it's not working. Okay. The last things we try to reduce the weight. In uh, yellow, you will see all the parts that were in any some case in some way modified. We took off uh, the the part above the wheel, we took up the pre-rotation support, so many things that were not important for the flight, of course, just to, to, to have a, a lower weight. And also, it's most important, there was a strong reduction of the pallet weight, <laughs> because that was also influencing, because the quantity of the fuel, it was one of the parameters that was important, because you can imagine, in, in a flight in which a, 
every, let's say, kilos is important. Also, the reduction of the fuel was important. But at the same time, there was a compromise, because you will see on the first flight, it was very, very too much reduced. At the end, the overall weight of the gyroplane was 381 kilos, so unbelievable. I was, uh, in any case, uh, keeping and start continuing climbing. It was September, beginning middle of September, uh, October, every week. I can just repeat. You see, not, the weather is unbelievable. I had, uh, was very lucky because today, the day after the record flight, in uh, I don't know if you are used with the Venice uh, climate, it started the fog, but the fog that is completely fog all day, and you cannot do anything. So we were very lucky with this weather, and uh, we were just... Uh, starting. This was important, sorry, it was important flight because you see 20,000 more 21. So it means uh, I was just uh, on the top of the permitted the first Notam area. That means that uh, at that moment I decided, really decided to go and to, 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 to ask for the second Notam. That was uh, the flight in which we decided all together that was, uh, we were ready for the second part. <coughs> But which, as I said, there was a clear problem with the clearance and with the request of authorization. Also in this case, I was lucky, I wasn't lucky, I was good to find the right person to ask for. So I went to check, I had a discussion with a meeting with the responsible for the national Italian aerospace, so the person that was signing my request. I provide to, to him uh, the, my curriculum, uh, my support, uh, all the information that were important. And also the idea that it was a world record, it was not uh, something just to, to enjoy. And, um, and finally, he supported me, and practically in two days, I received the authorization. As you will see, this was uh, all the weekend, and the, the permission was up to fly level 280, because he was uh, really happy. And he said that 272 was, was number that was not easy to manage, so it was better 280. And it was good, it was good, absolutely. It was better 280 instead of 270. So after that, it, it was, uh, at that time, I, we decided that the beginning of November was the day for the record flight, so we had other two or three flights, no more, to try to reach the target before the record. Because in my mind, it was supposed to be easy, but because since then it was perhaps not easy. And you will see it was not absolutely easy. The last uh, uh, 5,000 feet were absolutely the more part, difficult part. The second NOTAM was issued on the same space, more or less, as you can see. Uh, this was a, a nice uh, a map uh, that they have put on board on the gyroplane because during the last flight uh, I had uh, a lot of failure of uh, iPad, iPhone, and GPS and so on. So it was important for me to have something to be sure to stay on the red circle, not to move because it was in any case under radar control, but it was important to stay on the red circle. And this is what uh, I was used to see. As you can see, there are some... Uh, yellow, clear, uh, easy uh, uh, city or uh, significant feature that you can easily identify from the above. So this was a map on, on, that I bring on board just to be sure that in case of failure, I was able to, to, to stay on the circle. Uh, this is one of the last flight, 24, let's say 25,000 feet. And this was a, 26,308. It was one of the worst flights uh, I had. Uh, fortunately, there were a lot of persons downstairs, also the Mani family that is the production of this uh, gyroplane, uh, because I encountered an unbelievable low temperature, minus 50, and it was uh, not easy for me because, <clears throat> to be honest, I didn't realize what was the problem. I just uh, started having um, big difficulty with the stick that was not easy to move. And at a certain moment, I realized that I was using two hands to move. <clears throat> but at the same time, there was some uh, failure for the iPad, the iPhone, everything, all the electronic stuff we were just switching off. Uh, the fly data that is recording all the engine parameter was flashing. So it was, uh, I can say, 
a moment, but it was a long moment for me, and I decided to stop. I was really scared because, uh, as, uh, as you can imagine, I was not afraid to lose the engine, but I was afraid to lose the rotor. That was my real, uh, real uh, bad dream. So I decided to stop in any case. I was not really carrying the, the, the altitude because it was really difficult. Fortunately, uh, <coughs> this is a list of the problems that we had. Fortunately, on the ground, there, was, uh, there were uh, several persons, um, most uh, also the family, many family, and they explained to me what was the problem with the stick. So we understood that it was just a temper that it was uh, going so, so fast and so, so down that it was creating problems, of course, uh, with the two uh, metal parts uh, together. But absolutely, it was not in any danger. <coughs> it was no uh, problem to, to, the, to the structure. They checked everything, of course, after the flight, and it was uh, still okay. The problem that we had, uh, just to summarize, the, if it's possible, yes. Um, the flight control it was the first big problem that we had. It was clear. Minus 50 is something that was never tested, so it's clear that it was uh, uh, something not foreseen for the gyroplane. Uh, the radio, the radio was something new, but it was also in this case clear. It was impossible to communicate. It was uh, able to, to listen and was easy to listen, but it was absolutely uh, impossible to communicate to change the channel. But you can imagine, the cockpit is open, the, the radio is, was uh, at, at the same temperature, minus 50, minus 40. But fortunately, the, the transponder was working absolutely okay. The flight data, I said, the controlling of the engine parameter was flashing, was uh, disturbed, of course, by the, the low temperature. And uh, of course, all the display that <coughs> the iPhone, uh, the iPad was completely uh, stopped, but this is also known as a problem. Minus 20 is the maximum temperature. I was going absolutely lower than minus 20. So what I did is try to cover the display of the iPad, the iPhone, and try to keep warm all the, all the parts that were in any case uh, sensible to the low temperature. As I said, the transponder was fortunately working perfectly, so they, the uh, air traffic controller were just checking me every moment. Also, the altimeter, the altimeter in our history, in our, um, in the gyroplane is uh, certified for 20,000 feet, so it was uh, not working properly, but it was very correct. This is the, the, one of the aspects that I want to, to show you because it was something really experimental. As I said, as this is a picture is explained to you, there was the um, oxygen, the, the two holes, the three holes of the oxygen max that were completely going into the, the hair was completely going into the glasses. So there was creating a lot of fog. In that flight, I was trying to, you will see the, the, the helmet is open was open, and I was trying to clean, of course. Every breed I was cleaning with the, my two fingers, one or two fingers. But at the end, I just re was um, freezing the finger. So it, it, it was also this one, one of the reasons I just stopped. What I did, it was uh, very simple, and uh, you can say very simple, but also uh, working. I just deviate the, the hair below. So that, was, that means that inside the helmet, there was of uh, humid, warm hair, but opening it was easy for, uh, to, to take out the, the fog from the, the glasses. So there was a solution and it was working. Was working. This was the first official day. So we are as November the 7th. That is the, the result. Unfortunately, it was not uh, the, the good one. In the movie, there is a short movie in which uh, you will see some preparation moment, also some part of the flight, because uh, you can feel uh, really what is uh, the situation and the, situa the, 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 um, the visibility and the feeling in that uh, altitude. The, the, this, the picture is one of the pictures that I like because it's a Venice Laguna with all the scenario that is unbelievable. Um, I want to show you just few um, few pictures because it was a long day. They start uh, very early with the money family that was cleaning everything. All the surfaces were cleaned completely. And uh, at the same time, there were uh, coming a lot of friends, a lot of journalists, because it was a newspaper. And so it was, uh, in any case, a preparation. This was uh, the weighting, the measurement of the weight. Uh, this was also with myself because that it was three step uh, empty with the fuel uh, with the pilot and all the things the the, the green the, um, the green one is the backup and this is the mask additional mask uh, and this is the helmet yes by the way 
the closed dermat is this one. So, and of course, there will be a lot of ja GoPro all around, you will see, on board. This first part, also in the movie, you will see the first part of the dressing was uh, in the clubhouse, but the second part was outside because it was just the last part to be sure that everything was uh, correctly positioned. And to be honest, I was preparing a lot of checklists. I did a checklist for the dressing. I did a checklist for uh, the preparation on the on board. Another checklist uh, to my husband for preparing to be sure that he was following everything. It was the only way to be sure that, uh, I mean, I was not forgetting anything. The checklists are absolutely important. So that part here was uh, the preparation itself. It was not easy to jump inside just because there were uh, the cable that uh, were ready to be connected for the um, uh, eating. So it was not easy. And also, you will see, it was an incredible warm day. So I was uh, starting sweating because it was uh, really warm. That was uh, ready for departure. I like this picture because it was really something not so, at that moment, not so easy, but uh, the beginning. You will see the movie. I want to, pro to show you the movie that is uh, absolutely more uh, important. And that was the scenario. Um, some pictures are not as really, uh, these are pictures taken by the, 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 the iPhone, so you can imagine. But it was unbelievable. What happened that day that uh, um, I didn't realize uh, in that moment, but uh, um, climbing, I encountered a very strong wind from north. The idea was to fly in this cylinder up, going to north, going to south, following the wind. And I didn't realize that it was a so strong wind, but when I, when I checked the, the, the ground speed, it was more or less 26,000 feet. I checked the ground speed, I, I realized that the, the GPS was not working because the ground speed was zero. But I didn't realize that it was zero, the ground speed. I just realized that the, the GPS was not working. So what I did, I checked everything because I was afraid for another failure or whatever. So I checked everything. But at that moment, I realized that it was, uh, I was completely outside the area, Notem. Probably going up and down, let's say from north to south, I was uh, uh, pushed from the north, the, the wind. So I was uh, in another position respect to the, the normal one. But I didn't realize at that moment when I understood, because it was 200, uh, a speed of 200 kilometers, more or less, uh, in one direction, zero on the other one, it was really too late uh, to move. Uh, and um, I was listening the radio, so I was, uh, I mean, at least uh, sure that uh, the communication, if it was a trouble, the communication was uh, were working. So I keep uh, the position without changing nothing. Because in that moment, the only thing I could do is to uh, going down and to try to recover the position, but I didn't. So I, I trust in the, I trust at least the controller, and so I try to, in any case, to to find a way to recover some meter. And what happened on the ground was something really, really nice. The first time I think in the world. They realized that there was something. They were just uh, looking and checking to me because it was supposed uh, um, to be on ground in uh, one hour and 40 minutes. And I spent more time trying to, to, to go over. And they see something strange, very strange. And you will see. There was a trail, a camp trail, a contrail, as you like. Something was doing this kind of uh, strange uh, strange figure on the, on the, on the sky. They took a check on the fly radar, and it was an Antonov. But it was really unbelievable, because it's just above Venice. So it was really strange. So a guy took a picture. And it's not easy, because it's not so clear. But anyway, this is the gyroplane. The, I was trying to fly at that altitude, and for an incredible, incredible um, um, how to say, condition that is the humidity and probably also the temperature or whatever, I was doing this kind of uh, trail. That is the first time, I think, uh, in the world. Anyway, I, at a certain moment, I decided that it was to, to, to stop because the quantity of the fuel was not enough. And uh, I was worried to, to finish the fuel. And I, I realized that it was a, at least a female record, but it was not the world record that was uh, supposed. And so I decided to land. Uh, they were happy to see me again because they were just uh, uh, worried, but it was not the result that I was supposed. 
as you know, persistent and determination, I decided to, to do in any case another attempt the day after because it was Sunday. The judge was still with me. This is the, the judge that was checking that all the documents. And uh, the, the results that you want to show you the, the curve from the logger. It's not. And some number. Another. We can do it. <laughs> Uh, be patient. Yeah, 28, min 28 minutes to go from zero to 20,000 feet. I don't know how many minutes now. I could. 23 minutes uh, to go on the top, 40 minutes to go down, and other 40 minutes. At the end, it was 50 minutes to go up and 53 minutes. On the second day, I will show you also the rate, the climbing and the standing rate that is very, very impressive. Total of one hour and 45 minutes. Usually, it was supposed to be at least 10 minutes less than one hour and 45, but I was trying to do. Um, at that time, it was a, a nice situation. I mean, at least not, not so nice for me, because uh, uh, going at the 15,000 feet, more or less, I realized that it was completely going to, um, to, to finish to the, 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 the red light or the yellow light of the um, fuel was uh, flashing too much. So I was really afraid to, to finish the engine, the, to finish the fuel before the landing. So I was very far from the, 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 the club. So it was a few minutes I, I was not able to decide what to do because it was clear to me that the situation was not nice to manage in a few minutes. So I decided to ask the clearance to go directly, it was 10,000 feet, direct to the airfield in order to at least switch off the engine and to land, but there was enough altitude to use. At that time, the, the air traffic controller that was happy to listen that I was doing, in any case, a female record, provided to me the clearance to, to, to go directly to the airfield. And finally, I landed on the airfield, and there was uh, no more than one liter of uh, fuel remaining in the autogyro. So it was uh, good, but it was uh, really scary. So this is the result, and this is a female record. Uh, what was the, um, we decided, in any case, uh, to try again. It was the, the second day was supposed to be fog, to, to the fog that was supposed to arrive in a few days. But in any case, we do some changes. The first changes was to the timing of the flight. Instead of uh, midday, it was uh, 8 in the morning. And uh, most important, we changed the uh, pitch. We changed another time the pitch of the propeller in order to get the maximum at that altitude. Because on the previous flight, in the flight of the Saturday, it was clear that I was not using all the power. So we did uh, these two, and we went to, to bed. Unfortunately, I was having a lot of uh, problems. I had a terrible headache. Usually, after a flight, my body was requesting at least one, two or three days to recover completely, because it was a really big, big effort. At that time, fortunately, I was uh, in good shape, as I told you. And um, the terrible headache was uh, clearly something related to the oxygen. Some uh, doctor explained to me after, fortunately. Uh, it was uh, probably to not too much oxygen or too much oxygen, because the beginning of the problem is more or less the same. In both cases, probably, it was, um, it was um, not easy for me to decide to fly, but we decide. Also because it was supposed to be foggy, so it was nice that I went to bed, and I, with the idea that probably the day after was not my, not, was the, it was not my decision not to fly because there was supposed to be fog, to fog. And uh, we, we, I opened the window and I saw that it was an incredible day. Uh, clear sky and everything was uh, ready. So I really request a lot of uh, um, will in myself, a lot of uh, power to, to, to go over and to start again because it was, uh, my body was really, really in difficulty. The preparation was more or less the same, so you will see a few, few pictures, but we, we did the same. In that case, unfortunately, to be honest, we were really tired. All the team was tired. So the checklist that we prepared, that we followed the first day, we didn't follow correctly the second day. That's something that has to take into account because it's, a, um, it's called also target fixation, means you want to, to reach the target, but you are not taking all the 
parameter. And it was, uh, fortunately, it was lucky because you were more than me. So there were at least at, uh, three, four persons working with me and checking with me. So several problems were, uh, were at the beginning, were solved uh, very easy. So this is uh, my takeoff. And to be honest, I, as we will see in the movie, I, f I try, I climb uh, as much as possible without checking the um, parameter, without checking, I was checking only the speed to be sure that I was taking the correct number. And uh, only at the end, when the, I reached the top, I reached something and it was at the top, I, because it was no more power. I checked the, the manifold pressure and was practically zero. So I decided, okay, that was the, that is, this is the top. So I checked the GPS and the measurement was unbelievable. I was uh, at least 300 feet above the supposed number. So I decided, I was very happy and I decided to stop. And at that moment, I want to show some picture because the, there was a scenario unbelievable. Um, at that moment, I put the gyroplane in a small rotation tour, just to have a, uh, all the camera taking all the, the, the spectacular. And what I did, unfortunately, I was trying, I mean, I prepared a checklist for everything, but I didn't prepare a checklist for the top. So to be honest, I was not prepared to do something. And the only thing I tried to do, if you'll see in the, in the movie, I called the air traffic controller. I said, uh, trying to scream because it was outside. The microphone was outside the, the mask. Try to scream to, to, to say, I, I did it. But then, unfortunately, didn't get the message. The communication was absolutely not clear. So I, I changed the frequency. I don't know why I tried to call the, the airfield, but of course they didn't check out, so they didn't hear anything. So for a second, I was, uh, the feeling myself was very bad because I understood completely that I was totally alone. In that moment, I was really alone. So high, so far, but totally alone. And it's something that is really disturbing you. It's not nice to have this feeling. But it was a moment, fortunately, because on the second moment, there was this incredible scenario in front of me. So I said, okay, I did it. And I, I did something that, to be honest, the first time in my life, for a person that know me, that know that is strange, I, I did a selfie. Don't ask me why, <laughs> but probably I was too much alone, I don't know. But this was important because as you can see, the respect the day before, the, the helmet is completely closed. There is just a little fog here, nothing more. And so I was breathing inside. The, the, the condition, humidity, temperature, whatever, was totally different from the day before. There was no wind, there was absolutely something better. So I went to, to land. Uh, I checked the logger, and it was, of course, a party, and uh, all the ladies in the airfield were happy with me. Uh, the results, just to show some number, these are the similar number, 26 minutes, 24 minutes. It was fast enough, 13 and 38, one hour and 42, and more or less, uh, 51 minutes, 50 and 50, uh, 51 minutes to go up and down. But it was important also, it was nice to me. The, the climbing rate at the beginning was very high, seven, more than 70 feet per minute. After that, it was uh, reduced, and uh, I keep it. Uh, uh, just uh, 500 uh, feet per minute because it was uh, the uh, good uh, number for compensating and go down without any problem. The average was uh, 50 more or less uh, feet per minute. So the final day, the final result is this one, as you see. This is the world record and the picture that I think is more important for me because it was really a feeling, uh, an unbelievable feeling. At the end, there are three for at least nine uh, world record, different uh, category and different class, and also uh, time to climb uh, 3,000, time to climb uh, 6,000 meter. And this is the diploma, the record, the amount that I received. I hope the, this is the last part of the presentation. If you have till uh, some moment, I want to show you the movie because it's a feeling, different feeling of what was the story. If it's not too late, I can do. Can you put the movie?
Okay. There is no music because otherwise um, there was a problem with the copywriter. So <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All the music I put inside were copyright. Okay, um, it's a mix of two days. You will see some part from Saturday and the top from Sunday. <laughs> this is just the normal. Okay, this is the outfit, the preparation. You will see, this part here was just the beginning. I was not completely dressed. Uh, was trying to prepare all the and warmer. And it was a long part. Usually it was uh, shorter, but that day there were a lot of persons asking and uh, checking. This is uh, the guy from the money uh, that were, uh, of course, supporting me a lot. So it was uh, important. And this was something not easy to manage because every layer was uh, important to have the layer put it from, in a correct way. There was a, another layer for covering the, the, the head and the neck. It was also another another layer for the neck itself. And you will see. Now, in a few minutes, you will see also an umbrella coming because it was absolutely too warm and it was starting having a lot of high temperature. You will see. <laughs> umbrella because it was very cold. Everything was, uh, um, let's say, uh, supposed to, to have a, a certain, to be dressed at a certain moment. So there was a clear uh, positioning of everything. This was the last uh, part of the coat. This coat was booked by to, when I want to. I was invited to go in Kazakhstan to see the Italian astronaut Samantha Cristoforetti. So I was supposed to have a minus 40 in Kazakhstan. For that time, it was two years ago. So we, I bought this time this uh, winter coat, and it was perfect, absolutely. Minus 50 was great. Another part that was very sensible was the where the fit, the the, the ends. So I was using three layer of uh, um, gloves. One layer was uh, with touch, touch possibility to touch the iPad, and the last layer was just uh, a simple cover. Here, this is not easy to, was not easy to jump inside because it was uh, all the, the cable to, to be connected. In a few minutes, you will see the, my husband that is doing also the checklist for me, the second part of the checklist. This is the sample mascara. The mask that it was put in, you see, it's a normal mask, just closing here as much as possible and try to use the elastic band to, to tie it as much as possible. Probably it was not so much. And this was the, the note that I put on the tight to write down every 1,000 feet all the parameters. There were a lot of parameters, but it was very important. Not only for the, the briefing, but most of all to be sure that I was okay. That's something that my colleague, the pilot of Augusta, suggests to use. Just test yourself. Decide to write every 1,000 feet in order to be sure that you are able to do. Because if there are some problems with, of course, the, the oxygen, you are not aware. You cannot do anything else. You have just to check yourself. That was a few minutes, you see. Now the second part of the checklist. This was the part that, unfortunately, on Sunday we didn't do correctly, totally. So we had uh, several troubles. Okay. And, uh, and this was the beginning. Okay. Ready to go? On Sunday, at that moment, I don't know why, instead of uh, doing just the normal procedure, I switched off, for example, the iPad. So I, I had to stop again, to do again the... the, the iPad because the iPad was the only one putting the, the number for the Nota Mari and so on, so it was important. Here there are the three uh, GoPro that we're using. One on top of my, hair, my head, one was the uh, right, no, see, left side, one on the master. You will see three positions, but absolutely important to check, uh, to check everything. This is uh, the airfield. And this is a wonderful laguna that I want 
I really invite you to, to visit because it's uh, nice to fly there, absolutely very nice. The original sound is, fortunately, is not so high. It's just the noise of the wind on the GoPro, so there is nothing more. At that time, on Saturday, there were also a helicopter and the, uh, aircraft that were trying to, to follow me, just because it was at least the idea to have some uh, additional uh, picture, additional movie, and to be sure, because it was the first day. But unfortunately, both the helicopter and the uh, airplane were not able to follow me because I was uh, really climbing too fast and uh, follow the speed was too much for them, climbing too much. This was a nice uh, picture, a nice way to put the camera because, as you can see, it was possible on the ground to check all the parameters. It was uh, stopping, you have just to stop and to check the parameter. It was absolutely better instead of writing, but it was uh, okay. So this is just the last view from uh, the second camera. Uh, I didn't put all the movie because otherwise 51, 51 minutes is too much. I want to just to show you uh, a moment on the second flight, on flight on Sandwich, in which uh, I told you we had a manual procedure to uh, switch off uh, the electronic turbo controller. And uh, at that moment here on, Saturday, on Sunday, because it was uh, another problem with the the checklist. Uh, we didn't um, operate correctly, so what I had to do was to practically switch off the engine and to do the procedure in that moment, fly. This is the Saturday moment in which they saw something strange in the in the hair, and I can imagine it was really unbelievable. The old uh, Vittorio Magni, the old person, said there was a, a really a feeling, unbelievable feeling to see this small stuff, and this was the top. There are some parts in which uh, you can check when I'm moving the hand, probably I'm doing, yes, doing the last control and trying to, to call a Treviso. Uh, the procedure for me was not to do anything up to the top. And on the top, trying to, to send some picture, photo, whatever, and to, to take a measurement, whatever. So every time I saw that I'm taking some picture, means that I'm just uh, arriving on the top. Yeah, this was the first call. Uh, there was a, yeah, a finger that was moving because the uh, PTT is there. And uh, I tried, I said, uh, I, uh, this is also in Italian, but it was in Italian, in English. I said to the Treviso Control approach, uh, I did it. I changed the frequency. I said also to Caposilet, my airfield, but no one was answering. And there is a moment in which uh, you can see I was taking the selfie. Don't ask me. I. I really surprised myself because it's something that I'm not used to do in any case. But this is the, uh, yeah, this is the selfie time. <laughs> and after that, there was just uh, uh, other two, one more mirror, to, I think, on the movie. That, that's something that seems that I'm taking the, the the iPhone outside the cockpit, but it's not. It was inside the cockpit, but the feeling is that. And this is uh, accelerated, speed, change speed, but it's unbelievable, really. Um, the, the, curve, the curve of the heart is not so strong, but you can feel something, absolutely. It was uh, easy to see. And this is the zone of Laguna. This is Venice also. This is the uh, Piave River. High speed because otherwise it's too long. The, the, it's changing completely in the way you are saying. Also, it was important at that moment I realized that that, that was the last time for me to be at that uh, altitude because it was uh, not say, I cannot say normal, but uh, at uh, 25,000 feet, it was at least uh, the fourth time, the fifth time to be there that, that I was there. So that was the moment in which I decided, okay, now we have to go. Because the end, because the fuel, because I didn't, because it was better. But I, it was not easy to decide to to go down at that moment. <coughs> With the music, it's better. But <laughs> <laughs> on that side also, it was um, yeah. You you see, it was very easy for me to recognize the position 
looking at this major feature. That's the reason when I understood that it was a, with a strong wind on Saturday, I was sad because I remember that I just look outside the copy and say, this is not the place. This is not another place. I saw the uh, Venice airport. This is the landing of my airfield. And, uh, yeah, it was a lower speed. To be honest, the, the landing was not so good because the much power, much, um, um, okay, this is them. The effect of the 10 centimeter on the blade were very, very important. At that time, it was uh, sensible, and so I landed in a very soft way. So this is uh, the end. I hope you enjoyed it. From across the globe, from the center of aerospace, and now to you. Thank you for downloading. Visit www.aerosociety.com to download more from this series and other multimedia content from the Royal Aeronautical Society. If you enjoyed this content, please consider showing your support for the Society. Share a link to this presentation by email or on your favorite social networks. If you have an interest in aerospace, consider the professional and personal benefits of membership. Visit www.aerosociety.com. This content is provided subject to our website and digital media terms of use. Please visit www.aerosociety.com for more information.